welcome to the Lift Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Laura Lifts, and I created this podcast to help inspire you to uplift your life and uplift those around you. Join me while I discuss all things fitness, mindset, personal development, and spirituality. Along with interviewing everyday people who are doing great things, this podcast will give you the tips and tools that you need in order to make positive changes to your life and achieve your goals. I'm so happy that you're joining me today, so let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you are all well. I feel like Sundays now are my interview release dates and that is how it is going to stay. Like I've made it a standard that every Sunday I am going to release an interview episode. Now there may be a certain Sunday coming up in the future where I do miss it but I am going to ensure as much as I can that I am consistent with it because I love connecting with people and this week I had the pleasure of being joined by the lovely Gemma Cutting who is a presenter. Now I am not going to discuss too much of Gemma's background because she shares all of that in the episode and she also talks about how she got to where she is, life as a radio presenter, life as a mum, how she's been managing during this difficult pandemic and she is so real, raw and honest. I admire Gemma for being able to express how she feels and she just was so relatable such a lovely person and I do think that you will enjoy this episode as much as I did as recording it. I had been thinking as well, I haven't recorded any solo episodes for a while and I feel like I'm gonna end up getting a little bit rusty if I don't get back into the flow of it. So it is also an intention of mine to continue with the interview episodes but to also put some solo episodes out there Personally speaking, I love listening to solo apps, particularly ones that give a lot of tips and advice or just like ramble ones that aren't scripted because I find them quite relatable and helpful. So I am going to be releasing them over the next month along with some more meditations that I have been planning. So I'm excited to share them with you too. If you do like this episode or any of my previous ones I would be so grateful if you could subscribe and like the podcast and also share it with your friends or family or whoever you think will benefit from it it will really help me with the growth of my podcast I am a one-woman show when it comes to this a lot of the energy that I put into the podcast is all in my free time and I I, don't get me wrong I love doing it I especially love connecting with amazing guests like Gemma and learning from people and then also being able to help people in the process and interestingly enough this week I had realized how the previous episodes I've recorded with the amazing guests I've had have actually helped me in the future. So some of the guests in particular, the one that I did with Roxy, which I think is episode 38 or 39 maybe, it's it's titled There's No Handouts to Badassery, so it's a few episodes back. That one I listen back to and I don't usually like listening to myself, but some of the things that Roxy was saying and also I was saying it made me realise, wow, like that puts a lot of things into perspective. And when you are going through like a difficult or challenging period in your life, whatever it may be, you don't always look at it from a rational view because you're emotionally involved or you're that caught up in your own mind. So creating these episodes, creating this content is not only helping you, it's also helping me weirdly in the process. And that is one of the biggest whys that I do it because it 
it does work it does help and it has an impact so having a platform where these episodes can be stored for anyone to listen to when they feel that they need to that is that for me makes me feel like I am doing my you know I'm doing what I've set out to achieve and it is having an impact and it is helping people it really hit home for me this week that by me connecting to these people who have got amazing stories to tell messages to share real life experiences advice and the success stories and also their failures is having a positive impact upon the people who are listening to the podcast but also to me as the podcast host so this is what it's about because life is is going to throw curveballs at us and not every single day is going to be amazing rainbows and butterflies and life is what we make it at the end of the day and we do have the power to choose what content we listen to what types of people we entertain and we allow into our life so having these types of episodes and podcasts I really hope that it does help people to feel empowered feel strong-minded feel capable of being able to achieve anything that their heart desires but also to go after their goals and their visions and their dreams and I know people might find that that's quite cheesy but for me you know I'm about that life and I think what 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 point is it in living your life if you're not doing what makes you happy ultimately your life is is yours and we, we are only here once so going at it with full throttle and knowing that even if you feel scared, even if you feel failure, even if you think you're going to have a setback and you can't see any way out, life has a weird way of working itself out for you as long as you allow it to happen and you are open to receiving new opportunities, support and guidance. We are never on our own and yeah, there may be, you may feel like you're on your own if you're going through a difficult time but there is always a way out of things and I just wanted to leave that little message before I play the interview I will catch up with you all soon and I hope that you have a lovely day and I'll speak to you later hello Gemma how are you hi I'm good thank you how are you I'm very well thank you thank you for agreeing to come on I'm excited to hear a little bit more about you and your story I think I was just saying to you before, like this is the first time that I've ever been interviewed. So I feel a bit like weirdly nervous. I've done like loads of interviews with other people speaking to them, um, but the pressure's not on me then. I know, I feel like a little bit like pressure on me here. I best (laughs) step up to the mark and do a good job. (laughs) But, But what would be helpful for the listeners, I think is to get a bit of a background story as to who you are and how you've got to where you are at the moment okay so my background is radio um I moved to Liverpool oh my god like 20 years ago now I think which is mad um I worked at Radio City which is if you're not from Liverpool like um one of the like the biggest radio station in Liverpool basically it's the one with the tower where you always see on like the Liverpool skyline um and then I worked at various different radio stations in Liverpool um Capital was one of them and um so yeah it was mainly radio and then uh now I kind of do lots of little things really so I do some work for the guide which is like um a entertainment website the guide Liverpool 
So I do some presenting for them. I do some voiceover work. I still do some radio on a radio station called In Demand, which is on DAB. And I do music PR as well. Um, I think the radio industry has massively changed. It's got smaller and smaller and smaller and literally like thousands of people have lost their jobs over the last couple of years because unfortunately it's cheaper for them to have everything come um, from London or Manchester and lots of people have fallen victim to that like presenters and salespeople and just and if you've done radio all your life it's a bit scary because you're like oh god what do I do now I don't know how to do anything else so that was quite challenging I'd say when uh, when Capital finished obviously not my choice we knew it was coming but it's a bit like oh god you know it, it was a it was a definite milestone yeah and it's a shame that it did finish because it's nice to have people who are from like the local area or at least know the local area representing and hearing information as opposed to it being like a general as you say coming from London but how did you get into radio presenting where where did that start so I grew up in East Anglia down south and um I was quite lucky because I always knew what I wanted to do really and I think lots of people don't have that and I think that must be really hard if you get to kind of like 18, 19 and you're trying to choose like big things about where to go to uni and what course to do. <clears throat> so I bypassed all of that because I knew that I wanted to work in radio and luckily for me um, a radio station opened up where I was from, like quite a big one actually. At the time it was called Vibe FM, it's now KISS. Um, so I basically wrote, I don't, I don't even know if email was a proper thing then, I probably wrote them a letter, <laughs> like, hi, I really want to work in radio, um, and basically said to them, can I come and do voluntary work once a week, when I was, because I was doing my A-level, so I had Fridays off, and I just said, I want to come in on Fridays until you tell me not to, basically, like, I'll do anything, I'll make tea, I'll help people, I'll whatever, just to kind of get a foot in the door. And that's what worked for me really, was just doing it for free until the opportunity came up to do it, to get paid really. So that mm -hmm. was my kind of route into it, which is the same as a lot of people who were in radio. Um, people tend to either do it for free or lots of people do hospital radio or uni radio. It's like that persistence of just persevering for a period of time of not getting paid and then yeah. almost getting yeah. your foot in the door and then that's how you can start to build like some momentum and then obviously what you've been able to create is getting to a presenter's position which is really good yeah. it's one of those things though there's probably a lot of things like this where somebody won't employ you without experience but you can't yeah. get experience until you're actually doing the job I know there's like media courses and stuff and they have radio elements to them but it's something that you have to kind of be doing to learn and get better at so it's a bit of a like how, how do you do that yeah I can imagine you just get better as you do and the more that you produce and then you're on air you just feel more confident in yourself as yeah, well absolutely but I think it's good how things have just planned out. And then how did the move to Liverpool come about? So I'd been on the radio for about four years <clears throat> down south and I got um, headhunted, basically, which was nice. They were looking for somebody to do the Late Show on Radio City and they specifically wanted a girl because, I mean, most radio stations are. The BBC is a lot better, but a lot of commercial radio is very male orientated. There's a lot more male presenters than females on. And they were kind of looking to redress that balance slightly. So they wanted a girl to do the Late Show and they were looking around and I was just a good fit for them, basically. 
Yeah. But I never, it, I'd, I'd literally never been up north. Like I got on the train yeah. and I was like, you know, and I guess it's the same now. I mean, I'm kind of the same now. When somebody from the north goes south, you're like, oh my God, everyone sounds so different. Because yeah. you're not used to hearing that kind of accent. I was like that when I first came up here and I was just like, this city's amazing. The building was amazing. And I was like, I really want to work here. Just fell in love with the place. Did you move up on your own? No, I moved up with my friend. Um, both of us had kind of got to a point where we were living where we'd grown up and where I grew up was um, like, it's really, it's a beautiful part of the world if you're old. Like it's lots <laughs> of like thatched cottages and like, what was it called? Like chocolate box, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. But when you're, what was I at the time? <clears throat> like I think I moved up when I was 21 when you're 21 that's not what you want you don't want to go on like nice country walks and look at pretty houses you're like I want to go out I want to do stuff and at that time the town where we were living the one I think no there were two clubs but the one club that we went to was a porter cabin that had been extended like it was proper it, it was just a small town there wasn't anything going on there were, weren't really any shops that were any good. There was like a tiny top shop, I think. And so for me, coming to a city was just amazing. And, you know, obviously Liverpool's great. And then my friend was kind of at the same thing. She was like, I'm not happy. I don't really want to be living here. So she was like, oh, I'll come with you then. She didn't stay for long, but she did move up with me. Yeah, perfect opportunity for you then to get your foot in the door. But I think it's interesting what you're saying about radio being the majority male presenters. And that's one of the points that I wanted to bring up with you really is how did you feel? I don't want to use the word like cope or manage, but how did you find being like almost like outnumbered in that profession? And how did you build your confidence to not let it affect you at any point in, in going for jobs and making progress? I think that's a good question. It's weird because when I was a kid growing up, I was like, I'd say I was really shy as a kid. And then when I got to kind of teenage years, I think probably most, most teenagers are like this, you know, the hormones kick in and some people are super confident with it all. And I was just like, oh my God, you know, I'd be out with people and be like, oh God, am I saying the right thing? Am I wearing the same thing? I was like always kind of desperate to be like cooler than what I perceived myself to be. So I wasn't confident at all. And doing radio allowed me to build that confidence. Um, you know, obviously I still have moments now where I'm a bit like, oh, everyone has those insecurities, don't they? But it absolutely helped me to become confident in talking to people that I don't know and doing things that were outside my comfort zone because kind of straight away, you get thrown into these situations where it's almost sink or swim and yeah. it's live. Back then there was a lot more kind of like stunts and pranks, those types of things where if you second guess yourself, it doesn't go well. So you kind of have to go, they've asked me to do this, fine, I'm just gonna do it and not think about it. And that was great for me to become more confident. Um, but I think growing, like, I mean, I, like I said, I started when I was, well, I started in radio when I was 17, when I was first spoke on the radio. And you're still growing up then really, aren't you? So yeah. I think me growing up in that environment it's quite, <laughs> we always used to say, and this is the same at every radio station I've worked at, if 
people heard what you talk about when the songs are on, you'd be sacked. Like everybody would be <laughs> sacked immediately. Like it's, there's a lot of, um, I don't want to use that word banter because I hate it, but it's a lot of like, it, it is kind of banter. I don't really know how else to say it, but it's quite like close to the edge. If you're easily offended, it's not really the place to be. Um, and I think that probably is because it's quite male dominated. It's a lot of by that because that's what I was used to going into kind of a workplace. Whereas I think maybe if you went into it older and you were used to working somewhere that wasn't quite like that, you might be a bit like, oh my God, what have I walked into? <laughs> Did you ever worry when the music was playing or oh, what if we're still like, people could still hear us? Was you ever paranoid about that happening? Well, there's this, there's a saying in radio, every mic's a live mic. Um, I don't think we ever fell foul of that. Um, but I mean, they, the bosses are always like, don't say anything, you know, remember that the mics are there and all this. But at the end of the day, you end up just being mates talking about stuff. And yeah. you just hope that the, the mic isn't on all the time. <laughs> and I guess working for a station like Capital as well, you put into a position where you're interviewing like musicians and famous people. So you have to kind of get on with it, as you say, face the fear, get out your comfort zone. And not yeah. really think too much about it and sometimes when we do overthink things it makes it worse than what it is but oh, what was that yeah what was that experience like for you being able to interview all these different people I think it's um like I used to, you do get nervous because you don't know really what somebody's going to be like and with with people who come into the station to be interviewed the majority of them are lovely but some of them you can tell don't want to be there like people like that that you know they're singers they're musicians they want to be on tour they want to be recording songs they want to be singing and performing and I think the promo side of it is something that they have to do to sell records and like I said I'm sure a lot of them really enjoy it but you can see why mm. when they're in like their 17th radio station being asked the same questions over and over again so sometimes yeah. you're a bit like, oh God, are they going to be nice? Or, and there was, I won't say who, but there was some people we had where you're just like, oh my God, I want to die. I just want <laughs> this to stop. Um, yeah. But most people, it's just having that level of professionalism. And most, you know, the majority of people had that. And once you get into it, it, it's kind of fine as long as they're happy to chat it's just when they're not really and it's like trying to get blood out of a stone and you're like oh no it's got to be like a two-way process hasn't it and exactly, you can't yeah. yeah and I can imagine if, if some people are probably really enthusiastic which is great and they you'll get a lot from that interview and then as you say if it's like a constant thing for them they're just a bit like oh I'm fed up I'm tired yeah. and that was another thing that I wanted to bring in about radio is I've always thought the people who show up on the radio if you're having a bad day or if you're going through something personal you have to like show up don't you and put on this entertainment in this show and I would for me it's kind of like how did you manage that on the time you're in a human you're going to be going through things if things weren't great was it your co-host who would support you or your family? How did you manage that to be able to still do your job? I think that's just something like you said, you just show up, you just have to get on with it. And the fact that it's live as well, there isn't really room for you to 
sound off or do it again or um you know the majority of the time I was on radio I was doing breakfast shows so there is a team of you and yeah there were times where everyone had to support each other um but also you kind of when you get to work you have to leave that at the door really well when you walk into the studio because obviously you know there are times where you know you're going through a breakup or someone's not well or you feel ill or something and yeah there were times where we'd walk out and you'd just be like I'd like burst into tears because you're like oh my god I've held it together for four hours I feel like shit oh sorry oh. I don't know if I can swear on this yeah, like I feel, I feel awful or this is going on in my life you know and there, there were big things that went on you know for me for my co-hosts um you know, when I worked on Capital, my co-host Adam, his baby was born incredibly prematurely. And that was something where you're just, that was difficult to carry on because you're worried for him. There was a lot of time he had to take off. It's just an awful experience for some, to watch somebody go through. And for him, I don't know how he carried on um, being able to do that. That must've mm. been incredibly tough, but you almost, use it as an escapism because you have to be happy you have to be enthusiastic you know the majority of the time on a breakfast show you're playing quite upbeat music they don't like to put too many slow songs on at breakfast because if you're trying to wake up as a listener you don't want to hear like slow dirty music you want kind of something to wake you up don't you so for those four hours it was it's it was useful sometimes in a way because you just just go right there's nothing I can do for the next four hours apart from get on with this so you do yeah and it can happen in a lot of jobs or many jobs kind of but I think the difference with yours is when you're broadcasting you've got thousands and thousands of people listening at the same time which I just think adds to the added pressure and then another interesting point that you made was how you, you moved up here at 20 and I found like your 20s is when you're finding yourself so you've come to Liverpool you're on the radio it's like probably like dream job to be fair you're probably thinking wow I'm loving life <laughs> and then um, did you find that as you kind of evolved and become more experienced in radio that you you did become more secure in yourself and what you were comfortable in in sharing on the radio or discussing and how you come across because when you're in your 20s I don't know whether you feel like you have to sit fit into a certain mold and a certain box I think that it wasn't really to do with the job I don't think I think that, like, I don't know, I didn't really sail through my 20s, I don't think. I found them quite hard because, like you said, you don't know yourself. You think you do, especially when you're, like, 21, 22. You think you know everything. You think you've got everything nailed. And actually, then you look back, like, I'm 40 in July. I look back now and think I knew absolutely nothing, nothing at all about anything. And I think that... The thing that, like, I just think you, like you said, you evolve through your 20s. And the job that I was doing, it wasn't really, there wasn't really the opportunity to share that much. I mean, you do to an extent, but also no one wants to really hear someone moaning on about something that's going on with them. Like, there's, you know, when I started there I think it was it was either when it was juice or capital but at that radio station I started and I was with 
um, my ex who I've got two kids with. So naturally you share your life, you know, oh, you know, my boyfriend or whatever. And then we split up. So you kind of don't have the option not to share because you can't just not mention someone. And yeah. then, and we you know we did discuss that on air, but not in, not at all in a way that was really reflective of what was going on in my life because any breakup with children involved is incredibly difficult, whether it's, you know, whatever the circumstances are. And that wasn't something that I, that I shared in terms of, oh my God, I'm going through a really terrible time in my life because yeah. you kind of can't. But mm. I think that, yeah, I think it was just getting older for me made me more comfortable and confident in myself and becoming a mother as well completely changed really a lot for me. Mm. how old was you when you had your first child so I was 26 when I had Alfie which again at the time I was like yeah this is fine but looking back I was like god I was a bit of a baby really like yeah. in terms of life experience and and like we were talking about knowing yourself and stuff like that and I really didn't at that time and when I had him I'd say I probably lost myself for the first year like I look back at pictures now and I'm like god like what I know it sounds very superficial but it's kind of a reflection of what's going on inside I'm like what was I wearing like yeah. why was my hair like that all of that and it's not like oh god I didn't look good it's like I almost didn't recognize myself and the choices I was making and but <clears throat> that was that was a huge thing you know like just something stupid so before before I had Alfie I used to be really unorganized, really messy. I was one of those people that like didn't open my post and just wasn't really bothered about stuff like that. And then as soon as I had him, I was like, right, if I'm going to be in charge of another human, I need to have my shit together here. And now I'm like the most OCD person. Like I can't, <laughs> everything has to be in its place. I can't bear mess. <laughs> and it's just weird. Like that, that was something that I'm, that, obviously changed and your focus changes because you have to become a lot less selfish you have to put somebody else somebody else's needs and feelings entirely in front of your own where before you can just do what you want can't you yeah they say that a lot that when when a woman has had a child that she does almost like lose herself because her focus becomes on the child and almost like you neglect that you're an individual person with your own interests your own dreams desires goals whatever and your focus is the child which I understand why you know obviously because yeah. they become a big part of your life if you were looking back at your 26 year old self to so say if there's like a 26 year old listening now and she's just she's pregnant or she's just had a baby what advice would you give yourself now no really because I think things are really different now there's a lot and uh, you know I think it's great there's a lot of emphasis now on self-care and there's well, you see on Instagram and everywhere, this message of you have to, what's what's the phrase? Something about you have to put on your own life jacket before you can put on other people's. Yeah. Like you have to make sure that you're okay, not in a selfish way, but you have to look after yourself um, to a certain level before you're able to do that for other people. And I think Alfie's 12 now, and I think 12 years ago, there wasn't really that conversation happening it was, in, it was a, a lot different. So I wasn't really, I wasn't kind of hearing those messages and, and thinking in that manner of, 
what have I done for me? Like, do I need to exercise? Should I go out for a walk? Do I need to, to take half an hour to have a bath on my own? Those types of things. And they're the things that you need to do. You know, you have to do something that is you not being a mum, which, you know, some people listening might not agree with, but I think it's hugely important. You know, you are your own person. And when you have a baby, you are still that person as well as being a mother. It doesn't, and you know, it did for me, and I, so I completely understand, but you need to try and not let it kind of consume you. But it's hard because you're tired. Your life's just been turned upside down. And I, it was hard for me actually, because I, none of my friends had babies. So I was the first one. So it wasn't like, you know, now I can phone all my friends and go, oh my God, one of the kids is doing this. It's so annoying. Oh my God, why do they do this? and have that very honest conversation. But if you're talking to somebody that has never had a baby, you can't go, why is my baby doing this? I don't understand. Oh my God, I'm having a really shit day. Like, why am I feeling like this? All of those things. And it's so important to be able to do that. And I think I'm lucky in the fact that my friends now who have babies, like, there's a very honest conversation around it. We're not those kind of women who are like, oh my God, my child can, you know, write on their own at one and they can already speak seven languages. I've never been that person because I don't think it's helpful. Like I'll celebrate the lovely things that they do, but also I'll be very honest about, you know, the bad points of it. Cause it's hard, yeah. you yeah. know, it's there are times where it's really hard. And I think, I think at each point you think I've cracked this then they move on to this next step and you go oh my god I don't know what I'm doing I don't know what to say to you <laughs> I don't know why this is happening and I think it's just important to, to carry on that conversation of I don't know everything I don't know what I'm doing asking for help and not getting swept up in this kind of Instagram world of look how perfect my life is because no one's life is perfect you know everyone's kid have tantrums where they lay on the floor in public for no reason and won't move and you're like oh my god what do I do this is so embarrassing oh my god you know every that happens to everyone that's just life yeah and so many people feel that they need to put a front a front on and be like perfectionists and have the perfect child who's getting the perfect grades and never does anything wrong and like you say it's not real life it's not relatable and people need to understand that life happens and it's how you yeah. deal with it and having a good support network around you is vital to get through that but say if the, there was like a, a woman listening who did feel quite isolated and lonely particularly during what's gone on with COVID and oh, everything else how can I mean I know that there's things like children's centers and certain like women's groups that people can go to but I guess at the moment I don't really know whether there'll be virtual things how else can I don't know like when I had Alfie because I didn't have and you know I I think it's an important thing to do anyway. I went to everything. I went to baby yoga. I went to like baby sign language, which, you know, I think sign language is a great thing to learn, but you know, when they're like four months old and they can't speak actual words, maybe slightly, you know, <laughs> not necessary. But for me, it was that social thing. Like I went to play groups, I went everywhere because I thought I need to meet other people who have children this age. I need to have, those people that I can phone who are on my wavelength. And I think with Alfie, I met a couple of lovely people, but they were a bit older. They weren't into the same things I were. And don't get me wrong, like 
they were brilliant as a support. But I think when I had Millie, I really found people and, and my friends that I already had then started to have babies as well. Um, but it was hugely important for me to meet those people. And, and you know, it, when I went, and it was the children's centres, you know, like the government ones. I know a lot of them have closed down now, but I went to a few different ones of those. And then that led on to you being able to go to baby swimming, where it's in like a certain pool that's at a certain temperature and they teach you how to hold your baby and put them under the water so that they're confident and all of that. Um, but it's great for the kids. And it, I think it's vital as a mum that you've got that. And that if you're on maternity leave, well, I mean, it's different at the minute, isn't it? But in the normal world, if you take nine months or six months or however long it is you take maternity leave, you need to have people who you can phone at 11 o'clock in the morning and go, do you want to walk to the park? Do you want to get a coffee? Do you want to do this? Shall we go to this play group? Because it's all well and good having friends, but if they're in work, then what are you going to do? Sit on your own with a baby all day? And that's not healthy. So I just, I feel so sorry for women who have, well, not sorry, because that's the wrong, like I read something that somebody said they felt like their maternity leave had been robbed from them. And I, I really felt for them. And I remember we went, went for a walk around the park the other day and I saw a girl with a brand new baby in a pram. And I thought, my God, she's not gonna be able to go anywhere with that baby. She can't do any of those lovely things that I was able to take advantage of. If she hasn't got friends who've got kids, how is she gonna meet anyone who has? Like there's that app Peanut, which I see loads of people promoting. I don't, I've, that wasn't around when I had kids, but I know that's something that I think you can, connect with people who live near you who are like pregnant or right. you know on the same kind of journey that you are at the same stage I don't know if it's any good but I'd say it's something that's worth looking into <clears throat> at the minute because obviously you can do you know that's an app isn't it that doesn't involve having to go somewhere mm. and I think as well new mums or women who are pregnant it's like people out of society we haven't really recognized the impact that all this will have on them because it is massive mentally it's already you're already going through your body's obviously going through a traumatic process of carrying baby give birth and then mentally you've got to prepare for a complete change of life trying to get adjusted to the way that you look and all these other pressures as well so it, it's huge when you think about it yeah I think in some ways I would imagine it would have been nice because I think you do put pressure on yourself to think I should be out I should be doing this and I think as women I mean I'm sure that men do feel like this as well but I feel like it's more of a female thing you're like oh my god I, my hair should look nice I, I should have makeup on my clothes should why are my jeans not fitting yet and all of those things and I think a lot of that pressure will have been taken off by the fact that you physically couldn't go anywhere but equally it must have felt extremely isolating um I think it can be isolating anyway, having a baby, let alone when you literally aren't allowed to leave and you can't go and see anyone. And, you know, people will have had family that haven't met their children yet. I mean, I've, I haven't seen my parents for over a year now. So they haven't seen the grand, their grandkids for over a year. And like my daughter's seven, she's completely different to what she was a year ago. And it's yeah. just crazy. And I think, if you've had a baby and they're literally changing every week, that must be really, really difficult. You'd, I think you'd feel, it, I feel that would be something that would be quite difficult to get over because there's so many emotions that are flying around. There's so many hormones that have gone up the wall. You know, you're tired, 
word and I go through phases where I'm like I'm gonna write like a gratitude diary every morning and I'll go through two weeks of doing that and you know you feel more positive because you start your day by obviously writing down positive things so I think that's great but then always like two weeks in then I'm like oh god but we're late for school and oh shit I haven't done this and then you get out of the habit and then I have to think no come on I'm going to do this because I think I am like a positive person but it's been difficult this last year hasn't it and I think that thing that I've learned is just because you're having a bad day or you're like oh my god everything's rubbish that doesn't mean you're not a positive person you can be a positive person and have a bad day and I think but I've gone a bit off topic there but in terms of tips I think recently I've had a big Instagram cull so if it doesn't make me happy seeing it then I don't do it anymore um <clears throat> I've not necessarily unfollowed but I've muted a lot yeah. of people because I just think if you're, if it, I mean, there's a million things it can bring up, isn't there? You can bring up feelings of why don't I look like that? Or why aren't I driving that car? Or why am I not on this holiday? But also, and it sounds really bad, right? But I think that you can almost get into this thing of, of looking at something and having like kind of almost, I don't know how to say this without sounding really bad, but you know, like, if there's some okay so say on twitter for example there's somebody that you don't like but you're still following them and then they come up and you kind of enjoy going oh my god why are you saying that i've got rid of all of that like yeah. i don't want negativity and i'm sitting scrolling on my phone because everyone's bad for it aren't they you sit there for two minutes and then all of a sudden an hour's gone yeah and you didn't like that for an hour so i've tried to follow quite a lot of accounts that are positive the um <clears throat> like body positive definitely I love all these women at the minute that are doing these things of the angles of like this is how I choose to pose for my yeah. Instagram but this was me a minute later and I look mm. completely different but it's because I'm not sucking my stomach in and I've not got my shoulders back like I think they're great and I think having a daughter I want that I want her to see those things I don't want her to grow up thinking we had a big conversation about this the other day one of her favorite actresses we had a conversation about what was filtered and what wasn't and she went oh but her skin mummy she just looks like that and I went no she doesn't just look like that I said nobody's skin and we like zoomed in not that I was trying to pick flaws with her because she's a beautiful girl we were looking at but I don't want my daughter to grow up with unrealistic expectations of what she should look like and what other people look like. So I think that's a big, that's a big thing for me is not following things that don't bring you joy, that bring you negativity, get rid. Um, exercise is a big thing for me. Um, and it's not, obviously when you exercise, you, I think people would be lying if they said they weren't doing it to look better because that is an effect of exercise and eating well. But for me, I've been quite lucky in the fact that I'm quite naturally slim. I haven't really ever had, I mean, as I'm getting older, Jesus, it's harder to lose weight when you put it on. <laughs> that was a shock. But um, like, I'm enjoying, I enjoy the feeling of getting stronger and feeling good and doing something that's positive for my body, you know, from the inside out. Like I don't diet, 
I eat what I want, but if I feel like I've put a bit of weight on, I want to lose it, I just calorie count. So I'm not like, oh my God, I can't have chocolate. I can't have crisps. I can't do this. Because I think that you're just miserable if you do that. Well, I don't, I don't want to live like that. I love food, but it's about balance, isn't it? Yeah. It's about having that night. And I think that's the, that's the key to all of it really is having balance. Like if you want to eat, if you want to eat a McDonald's or whatever it is, have it, but then, you know, just rein it in a little bit for the rest of the week or for the next few days. And I've become a lot more conscious as I've got older about what I'm putting into my body um, in terms of, again, if I really like something, I'll have it. But in terms of how much, you know, how many vegetables I'm eating, I don't drink um, cow's milk because I have like a few digestive problems and it's not good for digestion. So I drink almond milk. I try not to drink too much caffeine. I try not to drink too much alcohol anymore. Like I'll have a drink. I love, you know, I love having a drink, but it's, I mean, I think everyone reacted in a different way to lockdown. I think some people went wild and drank every day. I'm not really a big drinker in the house. So for me, I was like, I'm not, I'm not too yeah. bothered. Um, but I think in your 20s, you you don't really care, do you? You're just like, what do I want to do? What's fun? What shall I go and do now? And you don't think about, well, I didn't. You don't think about the consequences. You just do what you want. And, you know, I, I wasn't conscious about what I was doing and what was good for me and what was bad for me. But I think certainly for me, when I hit my 30s, I wanted to exercise and I've always been like quite a lazy person with that. I wasn't sporty at school. I was always the one that's like, oh, I've got like five periods a month so I can't do like <laughs> or whatever it was. <laughs> um, and so in my twenties, I wasn't in the gym. I didn't do any of that. And I think now I've realized how important that kind of stuff is. And it's, you know, you feel, I do a lot of hit. Um, normally I do spin. Um, which I love I never thought I'd be this person who's saying all of this um, but I love spin well I love spin with uh with the, the spin classes that I go to and uh I like lifting weights as well and I like that feeling I think it's quite empowering as a woman to go yeah I can lift that and I remember being in the gym once and um you know back in the old days <laughs> when the gyms were open yeah good days yeah I remember going to pick weights up and I won't say which gym it was but I left after this because it was it wasn't a particularly nice experience there were all these lads in there like massive biceps staring at themselves in the mirror looking very impressed with themselves and uh I went over to pick weights up and they were like oh are you all right love I'll pick it up for you do you want a hand and I was like no I don't and then I don't, I don't want people to watch me. But then I stood there and I was like, I'm going to do even more than I was going to do before now because I know you're watching yeah. me. Kind of like a walk you type of thing. <laughs> like I can do this on my own. Um, but yeah, I changed gyms after that. So I was like, when I'm there, I, I don't really care what other people are doing. And I don't want people to care what I'm doing. I feel yeah. like everyone's in a gym or in a class or whatever it is, those type of things. People are there to better themselves. So it doesn't really matter whether you're a girl or whether you're 25 stone or whether you're a man with the most muscles you've ever seen. Everyone's there to do something good for themselves. Mm -hmm. So like I don't go to a fancy gym at all. It's not expensive. But it's just a nice vibe. 
everyone's just there gets on with it that and that and that's a nice feeling isn't it to kind mm. of go in not feel like anyone's staring at you do you think and then feel better when you when you leave again yeah like you always get the odd divvies though don't you wherever you go we always want to say something and just show off in front of each other and but it's not nice for women especially if you're on your own it can be an intimidating place and it's yeah absolutely that, yeah it's having that thing of like oh well that, that doesn't really affect me I'm here for me to improve and work on how I feel about myself and how I look and that's always like the forefront isn't it absolutely but I think that again is something for me that came with age like I used to be so concerned about what people thought of me like all the time like oh god I don't know if I want to wear this because what if someone looks at me and goes oh god why is she wearing that or oh I don't think I want to wear bright lipstick because what's someone else going to think and the older I get the less I care and I'm really getting to this point where I'm like I'm not asked like I'm gonna do me if you don't like it then you don't like it it doesn't really matter it's not your life and I think that's and I wish I'd got to that place earlier because you see a lot of people who are younger who have that confidence and I didn't and it's a nice it's I'm the most comfortable with myself now that I've ever been and that's a really nice feeling and even when I've been like a proper crank now I can go well do you know what I've had a little moment there but it's fine let's get back on track where before I think I probably would have overthought that and gone oh god but why have I been like that oh and I just think now you know life we're going along and there's going to be hiccups and you just have to kind of you know ah well that happened move on that makes me sound like I'm really like chilled and cool and got everything together (laughs) at all but I think that's how I try and look at stuff on a a general basis I think what you're saying is you've improved the relationship with yourself so when you write like when you're younger you don't really know yourself you do care a lot about the opinions of other people yeah and you put over emphasis on what they're thinking and quite often they're not even they're not even thinking the things that you're coming out with and that's what I realize it's like they're too busy worried about what you're thinking of them (laughs) so it's just like we're all thinking the same things and like worrying about the judgment and I agree as you do get older you do become more secure and confident in yourself and you just don't care as much and also going back to the point you made about social media and the unfollowing I swear by that too because if you think about it if you are having not the best time at that at the moment you're on social media and you scroll and you're seeing things that just aren't helping you it just reinforces how you feel so you can pick and choose like you can have control over what content you consume and I wouldn't yeah. understand, for me, I don't understand why someone would, like, follow someone if they don't like the content. And then, you know, when sometimes you see people, like, replying back and almost, like, trying to cause, like, an argument or something, you're, like, hate haters, let's say. I just think, why would you do that? If, if that's a form of self-harm to you, just unfollow, just don't ignore and get on with your life. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't understand that concept of trolling and stuff. It just absolutely baffles me why you'd go out of your way to say something nasty to somebody else. Even if you think it, just think it and then move on. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I think the social media thing's mad though, isn't it? Like, you know, we all know that that isn't real life. You know, that's that's the part of somebody's life that they are choosing to share with you. Yeah. And I think a lot of, I'm not a big follower of like influencers and stuff, but so I don't mean people from like TOWIE and stuff, but people who have influence, people who have that large following, 
I think a lot of those people are getting a lot better about showing real life as well. Because everyone, you know, if you get ready for a night owl, which, you know, hopefully God will be soon again, you get ready <laughs> yeah. for a night owl and your hair's gone right. And like, I'm such a bad girl. Like I'm rubbish at makeup, I'm rubbish at hair and all of that. But you know, if it goes right and you think, do you know what? I look all right. Everyone likes to put up those pictures where yeah, the light makes them right. They look really happy. They're on a night out. You've got a glass of wine in your hand and you're like, oh, I'm having a ball here. Oh, someone's taking a nice picture of me and my mates and we're really happy and great. Everyone wants to put those up. Everyone puts selfies up. But I think it's important to kind of, you know, realise and that that isn't real life and, and, and put things up that are more realistic as well. I remember when the first lockdown happened and luckily the the second two I, you know again I would consider myself extremely lucky because I've not been directly affected by Covid and mm. no one else has that I'm close to or that I care about I know people who know people but nobody directly related to me has been affected by it in terms of no one's been extremely ill with it or yeah. anything like that so, you know, I'm saying that from a place of I'm very aware that that's not the case for other people. And that's mm. horrendous. And what's happened is just heartbreaking. But from from a personal point of view, I found the first lockdown at the beginning really like my head went. It was horrendous. And luckily, um, I think we moved house at the end of the first lockdown. We bought a house me and my boyfriend and that just seemed to switch everything up we spent the first lockdown living in a house that was too small for me and the kid like me and him and the kids they spend half the time with their dad but when they were with us we were all on top of each other we were homeschooling you know everyone was just like what on earth is going on you know the world had been turned upside down and we were like it was really hard and then but when we moved like I said luckily things have been generally speaking I felt fine for us mm. but that first one I remember I, I love her and I still follow her now but I remember I kept looking at Laura Whitmore's Instagram right and her and her boyfriend just looked like they were having the best time they were like doing TikTok dances together they're baking you know they were having all these jokes putting up all these lovely videos and I remember and I'm intelligent enough to realize that they were probably getting on each other's nerves and every second of their life wasn't like that but it was specifically her for some reason I kept looking at her and thinking why is my lockdown not like that why am I not smashing lockdown why are, why are me and my boyfriend not doing that mm -hmm. and I think it's so easy to fall into that hole even though you know that it's not real life um but I think mainly partly because of that I was like you know I need to check myself here and stop doing this yeah because you just put an extra pressure on yourself and yeah I I for me the, the this most recent one has been the most challenging because of the rubbish weather like the dark nights and the dark morning so yeah. I've struggled more so with this one and I think people have had different experiences haven't they Absolutely. I think some people have used it to like learn a language, to lose three stones, to <laughs> bake banana bread and do all of those things. And I had moments of that in the first one. But the first lockdown, I was working, doing a breakfast show 
and I was commuting to Preston and then to Manchester to do that so I was getting up at 20 past four in the morning so I was coming home I was tired I was too tired to work out I was trying to homeschool and I felt like all I could see were people going oh it's so much so nice to have this time with the kids look at this castle we've made out of like whatever it was and at the time I was working two jobs so I was coming home from the radio and I was opening my laptop and all I felt like I was constantly doing was saying to the kids I haven't got time I haven't got time I haven't got time and that was really hard for me and that the comparisons massively kicked in then you know where you see pictures of people going oh we went for a lovely walk today and we had a picnic and the kids learned this and I was like oh my god all I've said to my kids is I haven't got time Mm -hmm. um but I think this lockdown um I know you know him as well so my mate Richie does um an online um kind of I don't really know what he's online coaching basically so it's on Instagram and we have made that part of our routine so at 10 o'clock in the morning our house that's what Richie is here in our house (laughs) you know on a screen props up on the sofa (laughs) And that's made a massive difference. You know, me and my boyfriend are both working from home. And to be honest now, we both work from home the majority of the time anyway. So that wasn't a big thing, a big change for us. But I think with the kids being off school, they know that at 10 o'clock, we're in here doing it. And like my daughter joined in yesterday. She's like, in the, she's got her own little yoga mat. She's in there in a little gym kit doing burpees. Well, her Aww. own little version of burpees <laughs> and like plank taps and stuff, which is cute. But I think for me, that's been an absolute lifesaver because yeah, you're right. The weather's crap. I'm a very cold person. So <laughs> when it's like two degrees outside, I'm like, no, I don't want to go for a walk. It won't be fun. I'll moan the whole time. So I think you know people have naturally spent a lot more time inside and you know that going out is going to be good for you you know you'll feel better when you get back but when it's dark and it's freezing and it's windy and it's raining that's just not what I used to do um so I think the exercise the endorphins it gives you the feeling of, of feeling your body changing and getting stronger and that routine and like my boyfriend says, and he's so right, he's like, if we don't achieve anything else today, we've done that. We've done 45 yeah. minutes of a full hard workout. For and you it, he's well. right Yeah, he is, definitely. And I think a lot of key workers will relate to what you're saying about having to work during the lockdown and seeing people that's being able to spend all this time. And it, they they might look at you and think, oh, well, she still gets to work and in, in an income. And it's just like everyone just has their own yeah. perception, don't they? But I, I appreciate what you're saying about um, that. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate. And having the habits in place that make you feel good in the routines is what's going to keep you on track and working on yourself as well. Motiv- I, I don't really like to use the word motivated because I don't, I don't think it's, I think it's more of a buzzword than an actual thing because I don't think motivation is something that we always have I think it comes down to habits and it comes down to routine and um, your why and why you're doing it because it's going to make you feel good it's time for yourself and you know as well as I do after you've done a workout you do feel like on top of the world don't you yes I'm so proud that I, I actually done that and even if that's what you do the whole day and that well it's an accomplishment yeah like the lot I haven't I have problems with sleep but I, and I've only just realized why it is this time. So I haven't slept properly 
police in the last two nights and I've been absolutely exhausted, but left to my own devices and without that routine, would I have got up this morning and done a weights workout? Absolutely not. But because that's what we do at 10 o'clock, I was like, do you know what? I just need to get on with it. But I think if I didn't have that routine, if I'd just vaguely gone, oh, I might work out at some point today, I'd have gone, oh my God, no, I'm way too tired. I can't do it. And I've just realized I've tried to get back onto taking vitamins again. It's again, one of those things I do this all the time. You get into a really good routine with something and then all of a sudden you realize you haven't done it for three months. So I was like, right, back on the vitamins, taking ginseng to try and give me a bit more energy. And I've been, I took them twice at night and then I've realized that that was giving me energy when I was going to bed. And I'm like, lying there, like why can't I sleep? Um, oh. <laughs> a bit stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think right about motivation. I've had zero motivation this lockdown like literally I, I wake up on time can't even get out of bed I'm just laying there like oh and then I'm opening my laptop going I can't be bothered oh my god I can't be bothered I'm going to do that tomorrow I'm going to do that tomorrow I'm going to do that tomorrow so I am not full of motivation at all but like you said we've now and it does help because we're doing it together um because you've got that other person to go no 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 come on we're doing this now um that you know that that habit is what has got me through all these workouts it's absolutely not motivation whatsoever yeah it is habit and it's consistency and also you, you're accountable to someone so you know you've got to show up so they always well, yeah, do exactly. that, have that accountability yeah. someone who yeah. you who you have to answer to and then it'll keep you going even on the days that you just like oh I can't be bothered but do you think it's really good that you're being honest and you're saying um, I don't have it together all the time and you're actually being vulnerable in that sense because so many people will be able to relate to you I can relate to you in terms of what you're saying because we're, we're human at the end of the day we're not robots we're not going to constantly show up feeling unreal every single day you know we might have these um down periods during the day and have our own coping mechanisms as to how we can change that round and whether it is gratitude exercise going for a walk doing yoga whatever works for you and I think it, that's what it comes down to is adapting it to your lifestyle not necessarily what the girl on Instagram does that works for her it's about finding what helps you yeah like I, I know and it's something that I do want to try and do more obviously a lot of people find meditation helps them I find it really hard to get into the routine of doing that. I find, you know, especially in the first lockdown, this happened, you know, if, and it's the same with everyone, you know, you have those days where everything feels like on top of you and you're like, just, or for whatever reason, you have a massive freak out. I'll be honest, I had one today and you're just like, oh my God, this is too much. I can't like, you know, for whatever reason it is that's, that's kind of thrown you off. I find meditation really helps me then. You know, if you're like really anxious, you're not breathing properly. In that moment, I find if you go and do it, I like headspace. I like the man's voice. Um, I find that very calming. It's a, it's a nice way to calm yourself and kind of go, okay, need to take this down a notch now. Like, I'm not one of these people who, I, like, I, every, like, I wouldn't, some people probably would call me dramatic. <laughs> but like, if I feel something, I openly feel it. If I'm happy, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Or if I'm sad, I'm like, this is horrendous. Um, <laughs> but I think 
that that's helped to calm me down in certain situations it's just something that I find really difficult to find 10 minutes every day or 15 minutes every day to sit down and do it um but I think everything's like a learning process isn't it Hmm. because five years ago I wouldn't I wouldn't exercise like this it wouldn't I used to go to the gym I was one of those people that had a gym membership and went like once a month faffed around because I didn't really know what I was doing so I wasn't really doing anything useful and then I was like oh god I've been to the gym twice and I still look the same not doing this anymore where I then went to I went to a few PTs um and then I went to the gym bird you know her as well I think and I think with that it's not necessarily having a personal trainer but with exercise it's finding what suits you or finding what is your fit and she showed me how to exercise properly in a way that I enjoyed well enjoyed is a loose <laughs> a loose term is afterwards <laughs> she showed me how to lift weights properly and she showed me how to do them showed me what my body could do and then I started to enjoy it so I think that with everything like that, with like journaling or meditation or a gratitude diary, it's learning, like you said, learning what works for you or learning the way in which to do that thing that works for you. Mm. So because be- I, do, I think meditation is a great thing, but I just need to find out how to work that into my life better so that I stick to it. Do you know one of the things, it's it's not thinking of it as being a chore and thinking it's this big thing and starting small and a lot of people say that when they are facing like a emotional crisis let's say meditation helps then whereas when you build the habit of doing it consistently you are more less likely to be when you're faced with them situations you're not reliant on going back it's like we're waiting for crisis to to like look after ourselves and it's like the foundation of building 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 I personally don't use headspace I use a different app which is more kind of guided meditations for transformation and self-improvement self-development where I'm visualizing during meditation of like the better self so I use I don't know if you've heard her name's Mimi Bouchard no she was a maid in Chelsea years ago and then she's she's talks a lot about self-development self-improvement and she's got her own app and she does meditations that I just work well for me because it's about being your better self and she has like different types of meditations on there as well so one of the ways that I like to incorporate meditations like walking meditations so if you're going out for a walk and then you can start to visualize like how you want to show up what what is your future self and you're attracting it closer to you so it's more of an excitement as opposed to just sitting and trying to like observe your thoughts which works for some people but it's just again it's going back to what type what what type of meditation are you going to show up to and get excited doing it's similar to have you heard of dr joe dispenser no so does um dr joe dispenser i definitely recommend checking out his his work he's a neuroscientist and he um focuses on like the brain and and how you can incorporate meditation to become better within yourself and incorporate better habits live a healthier lifestyle he's helped people who have had illnesses recover from the illnesses just using the power of the mind so definitely look into his work but that's like the style of meditation he does too it can be a little bit woo-woo for some people but I, I like all that I'm quite spiritual as well but I think it's just something that maybe certain people if they try they might enjoy and yeah I think 
I like the idea of walking meditation. I think for me, where I struggle is I need, I've tried calm and the woman didn't talk to me enough. Like I find it really, I know this is like learning. I find it really difficult to quieten my brain and she, there was too much where she didn't speak. And I've tried to like lay in my bedroom and then I've tried to do it in the bath as well. Cause I thought that might be quite relaxing. I remember laying there in the bath and she's like, quiet in your mind don't think about anything and I'm thinking oh my god I'm getting too hot oh my god I can't get my eyes closed maybe yeah. I show you my eyes and then if I open my eyes I'm like oh my god I need to clean the tiles oh we definitely need to get the bathroom done and then I'm just like oh my god I need you to speak to me so I can stop thinking exactly so it's like someone saying don't think of a yellow car you're just gonna think <laughs> of a yellow car you think it's just doesn't help does it so I think there are I mean don't get me wrong some people enjoy them types of apps which is great but if you are struggling to get into meditation one of the things I would say is just try different things because there's so many different op- like options out there for people it's not just like your stereotypical like sit there and I don't know try not to think of anything because you shouldn't try and clear your mind when you meditate and I think you've got to observe your thoughts without judgment and then let them go yeah. Yeah. it's the letting go <laughs> I find it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Gemma, the other thing that I did want to ask is what is next for you? Have you got anything exciting planned or have you, is it just a case of getting through COVID the next six months now and seeing where life's at? Yeah, I think that going into it, I had this big plan of like what I wanted to do. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, I'm doing quite a few different things for work and I was like right I want to do some more writing and I want to do some more like presenting I do event hosting I was thinking I want to get into some more of that and you know the all the radio stuff and then it just stopped so like I do like I said I've, I've been doing music PR um which is something that I started to do after Capital because it like it's weird like being a radio presenter that was what my cv was so it's like how do you apply for another job that isn't that because someone's going to look at your cv and go why are you applying for this job like there's quite a lot of transferable skills but they don't it doesn't necessarily look like that on paper yeah so i started doing the music pr because i knew somebody that has a um a company so i do freelance stuff for her and that's been good but a lot of it was tours like music tours doing the PR for that so obviously that stopped um all of the things I was doing at events and hosting and all of that that stopped so at exactly the point I was like because I got offered a full-time gig on the radio and I turned it down because I thought I'm going to take a bit of a risk on myself here because I didn't want to be in another situation where I signed a 12-month contract with the radio had to stop everything else I'd kind of started to build up and then they then turned around again and said oh sorry it's coming from London now or it's coming from Manchester which there was quite a high chance that that would have happened and I thought that felt really rubbish it was really hard when that happened and I don't want to put myself in that situation again yeah so but then all of this stuff about I was like right I'm going to pursue this and I'm going to do this and do this and do this for all things that aren't there at the minute but I think that what COVID has taught everybody is that you can't really plan. Mm. Like, I think it's definitely good to have goals and it's good to have, you know, a direction that you want to go in. But I don't think you can go, right, this time next year, I want to be this, this and this. And I think 
the other thing is you're almost setting yourself up if you achieve those things then that's great but then if you don't what what are you doing oh god well I should have been here I shouldn't and I'm really trying not to do that you know I've got this big birthday coming up which you know I think any milestone birthday like that you start to assess don't you and you start to think am I happy what am I doing where am I going and I'm really making an active effort not to do that and not to be like right I thought I should be here and I thought I would have this yeah. because what's the point I'm not and I haven't like this is where I am and my main focus is just to feel happy like happy with myself and that that's a work in progress I'm a, a big believer in life is a work in progress you're never gonna wake up one day and go yes I'm there I'm perfect everything's great because yeah. you just learn more and more as you go along but I think I just uh, on you know around this time I'm just trying to focus on being just more accepting of my I, I've always been very accepting of other people but it's of myself and, yeah. and that's probably true for a lot of people I'm just focusing on that really trying to be accepting of who I am and what I'm not and what I could be and what I won't be and all of that and I think there's certain things that you should definitely work on with yourself and certain things that you should try and change or make better but there's also certain things that are just you mm -hmm. so that's you like what are you gonna do <laughs> be yeah. miserable the whole time because that's that's who you are or that's yeah. what you look like or that's where you live or that's the car you drive or so you know again I have not got it together but this is the goal that I'm working towards <laughs> Do you know what would be a great book for you to read if you haven't already is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Okay. Have you ever heard, you ever heard of no. that? Definitely check it out because I've read it and it's, it's amazing and I think it'd be off your street in terms of what you're saying to me. But I think it is a case of accepting. This is this is what it is. I'm in the present moment and I, could, I don't know what's going to happen next because as you say, COVID's just threw everything out the window for us. You just got to yeah. take each day as it comes and I, I think that's, that's a really good way of looking at things. I think it's it's obviously such a cliche but I think I do really believe that you're where you're meant to be yeah, like I do. regardless of and, and I think it that's helped me in terms of when you go through things in your life where you're like I didn't choose this I don't want to be here I didn't want to lose my job I didn't want this to finish or I didn't want this to happen or I didn't want this person to be like this but you think that that's what's meant to happen and, and like I said it is such a cliche and if somebody said it to me I'd be like it's not what I want to hear right now but when you say it to yourself I think it's quite comforting sometimes you're like well yeah this is shit but it's going to pass and it's going to teach me something and I'll be better coming out of the other side of it like mm. it all makes you stronger doesn't it yeah and you take back your power you take back responsibility you're not given the, the responsibility of how you feel to anyone else it's, it's your it's you and that's empowering I think yeah oh thank you so much Jenna I've enjoyed every moment oh, of this been podcast. really good oh, I'm glad that you've enjoyed it so before we do wrap it up where can people find you in terms of social media uh Twitter which to be honest I'm trying I post sometimes I feel like Twitter for me has been a horrendous place in this pandemic. I'm not on Facebook because I don't like it. I haven't had Facebook mm. for years, but Twitter seems to be full of a lot of people with a lot of opinions who haven't got room to hear other people's opinions. And I'm not really about that. Yeah, <laughs> um, so I'm not on Twitter. Twitter. 
um, at Gemma Tweets and I'm on Instagram as well, Gemma Cutting. But I have to say, because if the people that I do the podcast with went on another podcast and didn't mention ours, I'd be like, why didn't you talk about our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I produce, I'm not on it, but I produce a podcast called A Girl and a Gay in the Gym, which is I mean, can you say this about a podcast you produce? It's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fitness and lifestyle. Uh, we're on series four. It's brilliant. Um, and we've got guests on all this series. And we just had a Spice Girl on. We had Emma Bunton on as a guest. <gasps> like we zoomed with a Spice Girl. I was like, my I life's complete. I've seen that. I've seen it. It must have been so exciting having her on. I'll have to look at getting them onto, onto mine and interviewing yeah. her. Oh, like yeah, they'd be hilarious. So yeah. there's that. I do um, In Demand Radio, which if you are Northwest or Liverpool based, is, I'm on every Saturday from 12 o'clock. And that's on DAB or on the app um I think they're probably the only things aren't they oh and the guide Liverpool I do in normal life when there's things to talk about <laughs> I do stuff on the guide Liverpool which I absolutely love um so yeah th those are those are the things really that are, uh, that are out there perfect thank you Gemma oh thank you so much